Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote-unquote summer body, as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury-free, and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Welcome, everybody. If you can hear me, we are going to talk about mental strategies for race day. So if you, uh, I mean, if you win all your races, you don't need to come. But if you want to get stronger mentally, you want to, like, think about that that aspect of your race, come on down to the Espo stage. And I am here with Feisty Media. We are teaming up with the VinFast Ironman World Championship to present these educational sessions this whole week. Get everybody ready for race day. Um, and you could hear it later if, you're, if you have to leave. Uh, on our Feisty Triathlon podcast feed. And so I'm going to hand it off to our host today, Feisty CEO Sarah Doris, and she's going to uh, introduce your amazing experts up here. Amazing. Welcome. It's nice to see all of your faces out here. Can, can the whole expo hear me? Oh, they should be able to. If you're in the expo and you're feeling at all nervous about race day, come on over to the south side of the expo by the Hoka tent. We are here to help you. Um, so as Kelly said, I'm Sarah Gross. I'm the CEO of Feisty Media. I also host the Women's Performance Podcast. So every week we talk about things that affect women specifically around physiology and mental health for our best performance. So um, I'm excited to be here today at the VinFast Ironman World Championship. So let me introduce my amazing panelists. First, we have Lauren Valley. She is a clinical counselor and coach. Welcome, Lauren. Hello. And then we have Anne Roby. She's an executive coach, and she also works with the Ironman executive team. 
We have Michelle Simmons, and she is a longtime coach and athlete. She was part of our uh, So It's Your First Time panel that happened a couple weeks ago, and she was full of wisdom, so we asked her back for today. And we, and, <laughs> woo, yeah. <laughs> And then we have the guy at the end. <laughs> um, <no. laughs> Some of you may recognize Craig Alexander. He was a three-time winner here, and I'm sure he has a few things to share. Yay. Okay, Let, let's start. Lauren, you're racing on Sunday, right? Yes. Or Saturday. I can hand it to you. Okay. Um, so you're going to be enacting some of the advice that you're going yes. to give. I yes. would hope so that I practice what I preach yeah. and I may not be perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. Certainly not on this course, uh, during the world championship, but, um, yeah, I will try and practice what I preach. Amazing. And so you, I know that you're a clinical counselor and a coach. What types of mindsets do you find create success on race day? Yeah. Um, what's so interesting is that there are so many different personalities that are going to be out there. And if you came to the pro panel and you and you know any of the pro women that are racing, you can see that there's a whole range of attitude, personality. But the thing that I think a lot of successful athletes have in common is they are flexible, particularly on this type of a course where I'm sure Crowey knows this, that <laughs> things can go sideways and you have to be able to adapt without panicking. So athletes who are self-regulated, meaning they can handle this upwelling of emotion, which I had this upwelling of nerves when I realized Crowley was going to be on stage with us. So I'm kind of freaking out right now, but trying to take a deep breath and just stay focused on what has to happen next. Athletes who can stay in the moment um, and just really focus on making the next best decision for the rest of the day. Uh, and I would say athletes that can be resilient in the face of something going wrong. And the best example of that was when Daniela Reef got stung at the beginning, I think it was 2018, I think if I have the year right, where she got stung by jellyfish before the swim went off. She came off, I don't know, 10 minutes down and ended up breaking the course record and winning by, I think it was like 10 minutes, something like that. And so the announcers, when I was watching it, they were like, oh, you know, she can't overcome this deficit. She's never gonna like be able to make it back. And then she did and like set the record. So your, your day is never over. People who are flexible, resilient, and can stay in the moment are those who will um, do the best. Yeah, exactly. I used to tell myself that like there's always an opportunity to make yourself proud on race oh. day. Like even if everything's going wrong, you can still stay in it and do your best. There's going to be, I would guess, 50 moments that anybody <laughs> out here can, you know, be really proud of because it's it, it's hard. I'm just not going to lie to you. If you've never done this course, it is hard. So be ready for it, and you're here because you're one of the best. Uh, athletes in the women's field and that's saying something so you can do it yeah absolutely and and you work with executives you work here with the Ironman team um, what are some of the parallels you see between the executives you work with and and sports performance yeah thank you so much and I couldn't agree more because in business as in life when things go wrong and listen, things will go wrong. Like there will be something that goes sideways that you have not planned for. And it's really, in my mind, it's all about what happens next. Like, do you let that define your day? Or do you pick yourself up and keep going and figure out how to move past it? That's a major, I think, parallel. And it's very true in business as it is in sports. And I think the other thing that I share a lot of times with the executives that I work with is what is efforting, what is working, right now that doesn't need to be working. 
So for instance, for me right now, I can feel my jaw is super tight. And that's not helping me talk to y'all right now, right? I could feel my hips are a little bit like crunched together. I think I'm trying to look all cute up here on stage or something. It's not necessary, right? And so when you think about that, what is working? What are you employing? Often I'll find my shoulders up around my ears. So what are you actually, what is your body doing that you're not even aware of? So bringing more awareness to the things that are efforting that aren't actually helping you in the moment. And I think that's true both in the boardroom and on the race. Field. Yeah, I was checking my posture as you were right. talking. I'm like, am I relaxed? Is my head aligned? Exactly. <laughs> Crown your head, lifting towards the sky. Yeah, all the exactly. Things. No, I think that's particularly, your advice is particularly good on the bike and the run too. Like we tend to think about, and Michelle, you would know about this too as a coach. Like we tend to think about sometimes technique as a way to keep ourselves centered and focused. Would you say that's true? 100%. And our bodies move better when we are not holding excess tension. Right. right. Like excess tension just makes you tighten up uh-huh. and you're not moving as effectively as you could be. Yeah. And Michelle, okay, I wanted to ask you about this. I've, I've heard this word kind of flung around a little bit this week about imposter syndrome. <laughs> uh, we have over 1,500 athletes racing here for the first time. Uh, some people are, you know, we, we've suddenly have three times the number of slots for the women and people are feeling like, do I belong here? You know, how do we combat that? Because I think everyone who qualified absolutely does belong here, you know? And so how do we combat that in our own minds? One thing that's really important to understand when you, when you're feeling inside like overwhelmed in some way, I'm not sure if I belong here, this is all scary, do I deserve this? Everyone at every level, and I bet Crowley would even, I would be really curious to hear like, your perspective on this too. No matter what level you're at, there's a question in your mind. Am I up to this challenge? And that's in pick an area of your life, right? So like in business, at Ironman, as a mom, as a dad, am I good enough? Everyone asks that question all the time. And so I think when we understand that, that I'm not alone in feeling like this, it is part of the human condition to wonder if we stack up, if we're good enough. And guess what, ladies? This is your chance. (laughs) You get to show yourself on Saturday that I can do this. And it's so cool. So we don't know what's going to happen with Ironman in the next couple of years. Like if this happens again, if we have another women's race, we might, we might not. And if we don't, 10 years from now, we're going to look back on this year as the year that was so cool when women got to have the spotlight for the whole day. And you get to show yourself that I do have what it takes. And this week, as I've walked around just talking to random strangers, <laughs> some of you, if I've come up to meet you and just introduced myself, thank you for humoring me. But really, the question is, you know, what has your challenge been to get here? And every single one of you has a story about the challenge that you overcame to get here. And what it means about you when you finish is that, yeah, you do have what it takes. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. What matters is what you think. So go make yourselves proud on Saturday. Thanks, Michelle. Um, Chloe, you've won here three times. Uh, I'm wondering how are the athletes feeling? You know, we're kind of within two days of the race. We're like 38 hours out. What were some of the things you felt at that time? I think you're a little nervous. You're apprehensive. Um, 
I think whether you're trying to win here outright or just finish, you have your own expectations. There's a pressure, an external pressure and an internal pressure. I think you're trying to balance all of those things. I mean, I remember the third, yes, the third year that I won here, having a conversation with a guy who'd been a, a huge influence on my career. And I think I was agonizing over some of the little details and he knew me quite well and it was interesting to hear you talk about the different personalities and I think someone who knows you well knows what you need to hear and I was probably talking about some sort of nutrition or do I do something with my bike and what's going to happen in the race and he said well what's going to happen is you're going to head down to the pier <laughs> tomorrow morning you're going to set everything up and you're going to get on the start line Ooh, like someone who's won here twice before that that's what's going to happen so I think we all worry about things before the race and and our mind is can be tangled and convoluted there's a lot of external noise what was always amazing to me was after the race 95% of the things that you were thinking about and sometimes you don't even remember them didn't even come to fruition so I think with the experience you learned to calm those things but you know I was nervous I, I raced here eight times and I was nervous every single time because I think there's always a different um, situation and you're different as a person t to who you were 12 months before or two years before um, and I know when I was a dad and my, my kids would come here I'd feel pressure to do a good performance and my wife who had sacrificed so much so we could travel I felt um, pressure but I was able to turn that into motivation later on as well so I'm sure everyone here you hear that <laughs> I think that's really that's really on point sorry to interrupt you yeah no I'm sure everyone here's nervous and I mean you've done the work and you're here and the mindset I think is the the, the unlocked potential everyone's there's no secrets to endurance training as you know Sarah you've, you've raced at a high level you've trained with a lot of probably your competitors who are all doing the same training I think what differentiates people is those who have an ability to enact certain strategies and get the most out of themselves. Yeah, you know, one of the stories I used to tell myself um, in the, at early on in my career is that like the person who was winning or the women on the podium somehow were having a perfect day, whereas I was the one with all the problems, <laughs> you know? So sometimes it's good to remind yourself that like people are winning, whether it's age group or pro, that people are winning despite having challenges. Um, and I'd love to th throw this back to you, Craig. Like what were some of the challenges that you kind of overcame even like on years when you're having a good race? One of the interesting things was I, I sat here early in my Ironman career and I, I think it was Paula and, and Mark were up on stage and both talked about every single time that they raced here, there were moments in the race that they felt like quitting. And the person who was emceeing the talk said, you mean the years that you had a bad day? And they said, no, no, even the years that I won. So for me, what I took away from that is if... if Two of the best in history are having problems when they win. The rest of us, we're going to have some problems out there on the day. And in really, I think that's the challenge of it is what attracts a lot of us to it. We want the challenge, but then we sort of don't want it at the same time. But, yeah, part of, for me, I mean, there were, there were so many. You know, Sarah, there's so many things that you predict and so many things that are unpredictable. Danny with the, the jellyfish is one of, one of the best performances I've ever seen here. But I think it shows the power of the mind. Sometimes physically you might be in a place 
that you feel is your best but if you're in a mentally very good place you always do your best and get get the best out of yourself so yeah that's absolutely true thank you um lauren <laughs> uh, yeah i have to make sure the mic's in the right place that was really well said <laughs> i yeah that inspired me i really appreciate that story like that was great um, I wanted to ask you about self-sabotage. I, you know, I was sitting I at lunch. I get self-sabotage question. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're the clinical counselor. Yes. Really. Okay. <laughs> Leveraging that. Um, I, uh, I was sitting at lunch uh, with a, an Olympic champion, and we were talking about some athletes, and he said, you know what, it's, a, it's crazy how many pro athletes are actually self-sabotagers, and you can see them setting it up ahead of the race, like things that are wrong, niggles they have, talking about what might go wrong. Um, so how do we kind of avoid that type of thing? So I think uh, the, the phrase self-sabotager is used better in the third person when talking about someone else, maybe not ourselves, because it's easier to see other people do it than to recognize when we um, maybe don't show up for ourselves the way that we uh, ought to. And uh, so in terms of maybe training partners that you've had, uh, maybe you've seen a race. I, like I saw a race where some guy like got a flat tire just, just out of transition, picked up his bike and threw it into the field. And I was like, bro, you're, you're, you could run your bike back to bike tech. Like, and you don't have a, t you're fine. You were like the first guy out of the water, like settle down, bro. And so um, in terms of self-sabotage, I think a better way to maybe think about it or talk about it with somebody, if, if you see it in somebody else, or if you think you might be one of those people, to be like, hey, Sarah, I, I think I might do this thing where I kind of make bad decisions in the moment and let emotions rule, or I might not stick to my plan because I think I know better than, say, my coach who might have 20 years of experience. Um, that's, it, it sounds crazy, but I, I've coached for, I don't know, 15 years, and there are still athletes that I've coached for many years who they'll be like, oh, I had a bad race, then we go through this thing, and I'm like, what? Yeah. This was not part of the plan. So sticking with your plan um, and, and really trying to be invested in the race the way you've been invested in your training. So if you've been consistent, you've made it through tough days, you've made it through good days, and you realize, like, this, this race that we're going to do is literally your entire season compressed into one day. That's what, just think about it that way. Like you're gonna have good moments, bad moments, terrible moments. You might cry for a hot second, that's fine, get on with it. But, but being able to really roll with the punches and, and not let the bad stuff that might happen out here define you or define your race. Because um, as you know, we've learned that something's gonna go wrong for everybody. So yeah, I used to tell some of the athletes that I coach in a similar sense, like that today is like to tell themselves while they're out there like today is iron man day right like you don't get to cheat yeah. another day something goes wrong you don't get like a restart it's yeah like, you need to stay in it yeah right and and that's i mean in the context of everything that's going on too in the world like to be here have this opportunity like step up to the challenge and don't be a sourpuss on race day like i don't mean to be a brat here but like i i just don't have a pity party like if you get a flat tire it's a flat tire. You are, we are on a volcanic island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, nowhere near anything else, and we get to go exercise for like 15 to, you know, anywhere from 9 to 17 hours. Like, okay, it's really not that bad. 
So keep some perspective and stay a little lighthearted, even when you want to, you know, I don't know, punch yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So one of the pieces of advice I share often with executives, and this is usually in regards to finding somebody else difficult, but maybe it applies to finding yourself difficult. And that is to assume best intent, right? So you're having a shit day with somebody. Sorry. Can I swear? I just did. Absolutely. (laughs) You're having a crappy day with somebody. And it's really easy to assume that they're a bad person or that they are purposely trying to hurt you or whatever. But it strikes me that the same applies to yourself as well, right? Like, can you cut yourself a little bit of slack, right? And to your point, to be fully present in this moment, there isn't like a, oh, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. Like, this is it. You are physically ready. You got here. Not that many people get to be here. Now it just comes down to, are you ready in your, your body's ready. Is your head ready? Right. So when you start to lose it a little bit, when you start to have that slight pity party, when you assume like everything's going to go wrong, that's your opportunity just to pause for a second. Take I know it sounds trite, but taking three deep breaths and really feeling your feet on the ground, realizing you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, as you said so eloquently. And it's this beautiful place. You have this amazing opportunity and you hit the restart button and you go again. Yeah, and, and I wanted to ask you, like most of the athletes here are not pro triathletes and most of them have a job. A lot of a lot of people have really challenging jobs. What are some of the things that they can channel like from the boardroom or from other workplace challenges to race day? Yeah, I think there's so much that translates, right? I mean, it probably was a team that got you here in some way. Somebody's either taking care of the kids or the dog or the whatever at home. You probably have a massage therapist or an acupuncture or 47 other things. So whatever the, that team is that got you here and helped you to be here right now, ultimately now it's up to you. And it's the same thing at work, right? You're working with amazing people, challenging job, as you said, or whatever. And awesome that, you're, that you get the opportunity to work with all these amazing people. But ultimately, it's up to you. Whatever it is that you're being expected to do at work, it's up to you to deliver that. And it's the same thing here. You've got lots of support. Fantastic. But at the end of the day, you got to take the ball and run with it. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Um, Okay, Michelle, we'll start with you on this one, but I'd love if everyone would chime in. Um, Let's talk about race day nerves. Um, How do we handle that? How do we handle it first thing in the morning? Right. So Anne mentioned earlier the specific ways that our bodies will communicate to us the amount of stress that we're holding on to. So it's really easy in your head to be like, I'm not stressed, I'm not stressed, I'm not stressed. <laughs> and your shoulders it, are like Right. That. And then and your jaw is tight and your shoulders are up in your ears and your breath starts getting like way up tight in your chest. When you're in that state where you're breathing high and tight, it's a sign that your body is experiencing some emotional stress. And it will show you that because you'll have those physical symptoms. You might be talking really fast. The palms of your hands might start sweating. Um, those are the signs. And when you recognize those in yourself, the best thing you can do to send a message directly to your brain that I am safe right now is to breathe low and slow. You want to breathe into your rib cage, breathe low. That sends a direct message right up to your brain that says, everything's fine. Because if you were actually being chased by a lion or a tiger, you would not be breathing low and slow. You would be breathing high and tight and running. And so I'm safe. Everything is fine. A little trick for you is if you start humming, 
you will increase your own body's production of nitric oxide, which will expand your blood vessels, get blood flowing, you will start thinking more clearly. When you are thinking clearly, you can make better decisions, you can hear what's going on around you, you won't forget your goggles at your, in your bag, whatever, you'll be able to make all the right decisions because you know what to do when you're breathing high and tight because you're so nervous like this and oh my god and you can't think and i can't make a good decision that's when you're in trouble so recognizing yourself and breathe low and slow and hum yeah great point i um i took an an executive leadership course um earlier in the year and one of the things that really stuck with me from that was that like this idea that some of our fear responses as humans are not designed for the modern world right and so something i tell myself is like oh i'm feeling fear right now because like i was supposed to keep my like cubs away from the lion's den you know (laughs) and like that's literally not what's happening (laughs) out on the queen k like so some of our fear responses are totally overblown um Crowey, race day nerves, how do we deal with that? Well, one of the things you talked about, lack of sleep, I think something that helped me was just getting informed. You know, they say knowledge is power. I think the sleep, the sleep one is something that every athlete at all level worries about, you know, laying awake the night before. And um, so how do you be proactive? I used to try and get a lot of sleep in the bank earlier in the week. Um, I also read a few studies, particularly from the US military, they do a lot on sleep deprivation and it gave me confidence to learn that you can not sleep properly for, for three days and still be at your physiological peak. So, three days? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so you might feel terrible mentally, but you just wake up, do a good warm up. You can still hit your, your maximum physiological potential. You might feel terrible and crash afterwards, but once you've done the race, I guess, who cares? <laughs> Um, and, and I mean, I, I was always nervous, but you know, my wife, we've been married 25 years next year. She's, we met the year I started in triathlon. She, she knew the sport well, but she knew me very, very well. And something she su- suggested very early in my career was just to go back and read through my training diary the week before the race. And it was always good reading. She knew I, I would train hard and I was very disciplined and I would get a lot of confidence knowing that up to that point I'd, I'd really done everything that I could do and that did make me feel better. I mean, when you understand there's going to be things that pop up on race day and you just do your best to troubleshoot. I think a day before the race, two days before, three days before, what was very um, calming for me was thinking that I prepared the best that, that I can. There was a lot of... Um, I know solace in that and then and you know race day will be what it will, will be yeah thank you anyone else on race day nerves i'll jump in i want to no okay no good okay thanks um i just want to throw this out the idea out there and that is um so i'm a depth psychotherapist which is different than like cognitive behavioral we kind of take a different uh perspective on working with clients and so um i try to think a little more creatively when when talking to clients and i imagine anxiety or nerves and excitement as sister emotions experiences And uh, the difference that I've come to kind of like discover through my own, you know, racing, working with clients is that 
nerves and like anxiousness, there's a fear or there's an unknown thing that is floating around in the person's psyche, world, whatever. Whereas excitement is there's this curiosity and openness to like, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't really care in, in a, you know, kind of. I guess that's the colloquial way to say it. But um, so I think if you are feeling nervous, totally normal. And can you identify if there's a fear associated with the race? If it's just the unknown, okay, great. You can also be excited about that. And I think that just even that tiniest bit of shift in perspective can really kind of take the level of anxiety down just enough that you don't forget your water bottles and anything else you need, goggles. Thank you. Um, I really loved what you said about going back and reading your racing, your training journal, because I think one of the the things that can be so helpful to senior executives, and I'm going to apply it here as well, I'm not a triathlete, I'm just going to admit that, um, but is to think about your purpose. Why are you doing this? What brought you here? What gets you up at oh dark 30 to go take that run, get on your bike, go out and swim, whatever it is, whatever your training is for that day, Why? And if there is some reason that you can't think of a purpose for yourself, because P.S., women are particularly bad at negotiating for themselves. Again, I'm relating this to business now. But because women are kind of bad at negotiating for themselves when it comes to salary, one of the things that we suggest is that women think about who they're negotiating for. So not that they're negotiating for themselves necessarily, but for my kid or my spouse or my partner or my mom or my whatever. So same thing, like what is your purpose coming back to your center? Why am I here? And if for some reason you can't find that thing, even when you go back and look through your training journals, who are you doing this for? Thinking about those things. Thank you. That, yeah, that was kind of meaningful to me too. Like I definitely had to find my why when I started building a business because like we want to make money, but I need to know why and what we're spending that money on and how we're, you know, because yeah, that's, thank you. Um, okay. Let's talk about race day a little bit. Um, it's a long day out there. Uh, how, how would you all suggest, um, who can we pass it to? <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> you're in the hot seat. <laughs> you know, how do we get ourselves refocused if you find that your mind is wandering and you're thinking about your to-do list or you're worried about the run when you're on the bike? How do you get yourself back to center? Mm. A favorite saying of mine that I've, I've shared with athletes over the years is focus on what you're doing, not how you're feeling. Right. So there, there'll be times where it's, it's exceptionally challenging out there and you're, and you're starting to feel like, oh, I'm hot, I'm tired, my legs hurt, pick a thing. If you, when we focus on those things, sometimes they can start spiraling out of control and start taking on, um, I don't know how you say it, like a, a, a bigger space in our head than they need to. And so you can bring yourself back to like going, um, what am I doing? Am I feeling myself right right now? Am I pulling properly if I'm swimming in the water? Am I in the right gear? Am I pedaling at the cadence that I want to be pedaling at? When you bring yourself back into what am I doing right now, then it can alleviate um, a lot of that, you know, mind off into other 
topics. <laughs> I found athletes tell me like, oh, I did this swim and I was thinking about all sorts. I was thinking about my daughter. I was thinking about da, 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 and I was like, oh my gosh. But I, I'm like, I'm thinking about staying on those feet that are right ahead of me. Like that's what I'm focused on is staying on the feet. How fast does my turnover need to be to stay on those feet? And I'm super focused on that in the moment. Um, and you can, you can, that's a trainable skill for sure. So if you feel like you could use some opportunity to train that more, if you're thinking, I don't know that I'm really that good at that focus. Great. You have an opportunity on Saturday. You get to practice that. Well, and no one's staying focused the entire time, right? It's just, it's all about like how quickly you can pull yourself back in. Yeah. Yeah. You can. I mean, it, focus is a tradable skill. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that you, and here's the thing. You might not even remember the whole race. I feel like some really good performances, you're, you're like, I got off the bike. I'm like, I hardly even remember riding that. Wow. Right. Cause I was just in the moment and not really thinking about every little thing. Um, yeah, it's trainable. Wow. Okay. Crowley, did you stay focused the whole time? <laughs> You know, with more practice, I think I did. The, even though it's a long race, it seemed to pass quickly. But I, I want to echo what a, a lot of the ladies up here have said is you just bring yourself. I had a mantra, what what can I do right now? I wasn't thinking about the bike when I was treading water on the start line. I was thinking, well, what's going to happen? The gun's going to go off. I've got to get out quick um, then settle into my pace. So it was always... What are the things that I need to do right now in a race like this? It's normally around pacing and nutrition. They're the two obvious ones. But I had a few little technical cues as well. Um, long and lovely in the swim. Um, cadence on the bike. Very quiet upper body. And usually around turnover and just being relaxed on the run. So, yeah, I felt those sort of mental cues for technique were, were very helpful. But... Just, yeah, like a systems check, constant. What what do I need to do right now to improve my situation? And not even thinking much further ahead than that. And honestly, I remember watching you race, and especially on the run. Like, you were someone who, like, clearly in the zone, like, the whole run. And focused on um, your technique as well. It was very clear watching you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a sport about efficiency. And they're the things you work on in training. But, I mean, it's changing behaviors mindsets it's repetition consistency i mean you watch a pro golfer they hit how many thousand golf balls a day they get up on the first tee it's more practice swings it's reinforcing good habits so that's yeah a lot of what i was thinking about during the race was all those technical things and yeah just a systems check amazing thank you any other advice from this end race day getting recentered I think you guys nailed a lot of the big stuff. The only other thing I would say maybe is, um, I'll kind of riff on this, and that's if you're feeling overwhelmed with what's left, if you have that thought of like, oh, I just, sweet, I just got off the bike, and wow, that swim went really fast. Like, it's kind of like that saying when you have kids, the uh, days go slow, but the years go fast. Like, the, the legs go fast, like the swim seems like it goes by fast then the bike then the run but like the moments in each sport holy buckets does it feel like oh that was 30 seconds great um so thinking about chunking down the race and in the next 40 hours or however long we have before the gun goes off look at the race map if you haven't if you know the course imagining like uh okay i'm 
chunking down, even getting to the start of the race, and then from the start line to the first buoy to the turn to the boat, and then the second turn. Then what is it like getting out of town? You've got the Kulakini section on the bike before you even get up to the Queen K properly and head out. So always having like little chunks that you can think about. What's the next? like checkpoint I'm getting to, it's not just finishing the swim or the bike or the run. And I think sometimes that can really pull you out of a dark place too. Yeah, I love that. I used to use that one too. Like, what can I do right now? Yeah. You know, and that's all you have control over, yeah. right? It's, it's really all you have control over. <laughs> that's your simple. attitude, yeah. yeah. Oh, and anything to add? I think they covered. Okay, that's covered. Um, we talked, somebody mentioned mantras. Um, Michelle, uh, we were talking before uh, earlier, you have a special system for helping folks uh, find a mantra out there for race day. Right. So here's the thing. In years past, I've always thought that affirmations and mantras were a bunch of BS. You know, like you read this thing on the internet and you're just supposed to tell yourself, I love swimming in the ocean. I love swimming in the ocean. I love swimming in the ocean. Well, guess what? Like, if you're not used to swimming in the ocean, you might not love swimming in the ocean the first time you get in it, right? So like trying to just repeat a phrase over and over and over until you believe it is a form of gaslighting yourself, right? And it doesn't work. And, but there is a way to create a mantra for yourself that's very real and meaningful. And here's how you do it. You think to yourself about something that you have done that you're really proud of. And Joy, can I use you as an example right now? <laughs> I'm just gonna use it. Joy is a friend of mine, and I literally just did this with her like an hour ago over at one of the tents here in the expo. And so I said to Joy, what's something you've done that you're really proud of? And she mentioned a time that she was here at this race before where she'd been in a bike crash previously, and she was competing with broken bones. And that was a big decision. Do I start this race? I have broken bones. I don't know if I can finish. And she decided, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try. So she tried. And she finished the race that year. It took her a long time. She finished. She made the cutoff. And I asked Joy, and this is what you ask yourself. When you go back and you think to yourself, what's something I've done that I'm really proud of? The question you ask is, what does that mean about you that you did that thing. So when I asked Joy, what does it mean about you that you finished this race when you were physically broken? And without hesitation, Joy said, it means I'm a badass. <laughs> and I said, there you go. There's your mantra. In the way that we're creating that mantra, it's personal and it's based on your own evidence that you have for yourself. And so if we go back to the hypothetical, like, I don't love swimming in the ocean. So I'm not going to tell myself over and over and try to lie to myself that I love swimming in the ocean. But I'm going to think to myself, what is it that I want out of this day? Like, I want to finish this Ironman. Great. So swimming in that ocean is a part of finishing this Ironman. So maybe your mantra is, I'm going to be an Ironman. I'm going to finish this Ironman. And that's what you're telling yourself the whole time you're swimming. You don't have to love it out there in order to do it well. You just go, I'm going to finish this Ironman. And that's the mantra that's personal to you. So there is a way to do it. And it's literally a matter of acknowledging the success that you have already had in your life. And then asking yourself, what does that mean about me? And acknowledging that, yeah, you are a badass. Can I build on that? 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm super curious what you think about this. Because one of the things that I do in business is I actually take slightly the opposite. I ask people to think about what's that piece of feedback that you get over and over again that's, you know, constructive feedback, which is just a pretty word for negative. And how can you turn that on its head? So for instance, I constantly was getting told that I was too direct and too honest and a little harsh and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, there's some things that need to be corrected about that so I don't run over people at, at work. But there's also some strength in that, right? And so what is the thing that you think you're not good at? I don't love swimming in the ocean. And how can that be turned on its head and actually turned into a strength? Because it's often those things that people tell you over and over again that you suck at, that's actually a superpower. It's just hidden really well. I'd have to think, what? Yeah. Yeah, can you unpack that just a little bit more? I'm just trying to like, in what way, you know, for you then that you're very direct? Yeah. You know, how did that become your superpower? Yeah, so it's not a good thing when I'm being, I'm gonna swear again, sorry, I swear a lot. If, I, if somebody perceives me as being a total bitch, right? That's not a good thing. And especially in a senior management role, which is not a good, good way to operate. But I'm also really good at telling it how it is. And so I had to redirect being really super honest and direct and maybe take a sliding, slight edge off of the bitchiness to turn that into a superpower so I could tell people and I could see them and I could give them the gift of here's where you are awesome and here's where you really need to work so you could be a little bit more awesome. So my directness, which was at times given back to me as a negative, I could turn into a positive. Now you can do the opposite as well. So if somebody gets the feedback like you're always too quiet or you're too shy or you hold back, right? So somebody's basically telling you speak up more. So the opposite, like you could, you could take that and okay, I'm just gonna try to speak up more. No, I'm never gonna love swimming in the ocean, right? But how can you turn that into a superpower? How can you turn that into a strength instead of the thing that somebody is telling you that you are not good at? Yeah, got it now, thank you. Yeah, yeah. okay. Crowey, did you have mantras when you were out there? I had one that helped with training. It wasn't based on sort of personal data or anything, but I mean, I think it's a fallacy that as a pro athlete, you're always motivated. Um, you have your why and the reasons you're doing it. It's usually tied up, hopefully intrinsically. But often, I mean, nothing erodes motivation like fatigue and you're training for a race like this, you're always tired. So. So I think when you need discipline, when, when motivation wanes, discipline picks up the slack. But something that helped me was just, I used to say, just get started. Just get started for a hard training session or hopping off the bike here. It's midday, it's hot, you've got a marathon. Don't think about your pace, don't just get started. I'll, I'll worry about those things, I'll just get my legs under me. So, And it worked a lot for me in training. Um, we used to do this session on a Wednesday night, 16 400s in the pool. It was, um, but we had ridden... It's a big session. It's a big session. Um, we'd ridden Wednesday, long ride day, run off the bike, and one day our, our coach, who was he was a, an Olympic gold medalist, he said, you know, no one's jumping out of their skin to get in the water and swim these 16400s. And I said, well, why would you be? You know, driving here, that's all I'm thinking about, the 16400s. He said, well, that, that's your mistake. Drive here thinking about doing one 400. And, you know, he said to me, I challenge you to do one, and if you ever feel like getting out, you can get out. And I, once you get one in the bank, I think you just get rolling. So getting started was a good mantra for me. Yeah, or just, like, do the warm-up. 
yeah. this one that I used yes. to use. And you could use that on, you know, when you come up the bike, or like the first mile of the marathon is the warm up. Like, just do the warm up, you know, see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lauren, what are you going to tell yourself out there on Saturday? Uh, what am I going to tell myself? Well, I know um, I will probably sing some Backstreet Boys at some point on the run. It's good for my cadence. Um, typically, I try and, like Crowley said, focusing, you can train it to where, like, you know, you're focused because you, you know you got to eat, you know you need to pace, you know and you, you, have, you have to look out for safety. You, you, you kind of can't let your focus wane too much. And so for me, I don't really have mantras. I think there are cues that I think about from, you know, my coach in terms of what to think about technique wise. And that always helps like as fatigue sets in, just thinking about, you know, if my technique and form is good, I am going to go faster than if my, like, if I don't pay attention to it, that's, it's going to go to, you know, shit. And that would be, yeah, see, I was, I, I knew she was going to do it. So, um, but things that I'll tell myself are, you know, I have five athletes out here racing with me, which is a huge deal as a coach. And um, I will be out there thinking of them, I'm sure, at some moments, um, trying to be my best and, like, live into the things I'm telling you guys. And, you know, I started this sport. It saved my life. I mean, I suffered from depression and eating disorder, like, really rough stuff when I was in my 20s. And... I'll get emotional thinking about it, but as hard as it gets at any point in the day, I just think about um, the girl who set the goal to like get here and how long it took. It took me a really long time. And um, so I think uh, I will just remind myself of, you know, 21 year old yeah. Lolo who would be like, Okay, that's pretty cool that you did it. Like, uh, so go faster now. Like, <laughs> you stop thinking about me. Go. So that's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. We had uh, one of our pro interviews earlier in the week said just the exact same thing, like that she thinks of 24-year-old her. I think, oh my gosh, like would have been so proud of herself for actually yeah. being at an Ironman World Championship. I, I don't like think that 21-year-old me would believe right. it either and just yeah. be like, that's pretty cool. Like, your life turns out all right. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, we are running out of time, but I just want to say thank you to my amazing panelists. Thank you all so much. It's been wonderful. I hope everyone learned something, and I wish you all the best race out there on Saturday.